0: The following podcast is a production of Mosaic in Whittier, California, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. As we continue to slug it out with Solomon, trying to find meaning in various areas of life. Ecclesiastes chapter four verse four. It says this: that, and I saw that all labor and all achievement spring from man's envy of his neighbor. This too is meaningless, uh, chasing after the wind. The fool folds his hands and ruins himself. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He didn't have a son or a brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom I am toiling, he asked, why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is a meaningless and a miserable business. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. How can one keep warm all alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. How many of you ever been to a wedding where they do that cord of three strands thing It's not easily broken? Because, you know, the, the metaphor is always, you know, God's in your marriage and all that, and I'm not disparaging that. It's just that, you know, when you read the passage, it's always two, 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 and then three, you know. At and... any anyway, rate, just thought I'd point that out to you. I, you know, I, I, I think for this guy, what makes this, I think, uh, you know, we, we've talked about work, we've talked about death, for some of you it was the same talk, and, uh, and, and now he's speaking about this moment of, of being in, incredibly and overwhelmingly, uh, utterly feeling alone, and I think for some of us, um, well, for most of us, this is not like theory, you know, you, you get this, and for me, this, is what, this was one of those topics I really didn't have to research, it wasn't Googling. You know, um, didn't have to try to figure this one out. This one totally spoke to me. And uh, I think for Solomon, what's happening is that he's, he's moving from the external of, of, of you know, building and, and art and music and dance and women and song and, and, and food and, and good wine. And, and, and then, you know, it comes to the big one there and we're, we're all going to die in the end. And, but he goes very internal with this myth. And he tells us up front, uh, if you hear it, that, that there's this presence, there's this thing that's always around, and that is this sense of an incredible loneliness. And, and you've heard me say before that you really don't get to a place, it doesn't, I mean, it does not matter what you do, it doesn't matter how much you achieve, it doesn't matter uh, you know, what success you have, what education you have, what, what sort of friends you have, it doesn't matter your great wife, great spouse, great whatever... Great pastor, it doesn't. I don't know that. uh, that might be the one, you know, mitigating factor. Um, It just doesn't matter. It won't. You you never get beyond the reach of the grasp of loneliness. It's it's cold, chilly grip on your soul. And and it's not these things where you can. um, uh, What's the word I want? Um, It's not that. Not that you are alone because you know, mo- most of us—we're really, you know, we're not really not alone. I mean, you know, you really are clear thinking about it. You have, you know, people you know at work, people you know in school, people you know in your neighborhood, maybe people in, in community like this, and you might you might live with a family. You might wish they, you might wish you didn't, but you still do, and and, uh, and, and yet uh, there there are those moments it sneaks up on you, right? You're not experiencing or consciously aware of feeling alone, but all of a sudden you're just almost overwhelmed with that sense, and that's all you can color, it's all you see. Um, you, you know, it's sort of the question of asking: does, you know, Do I really, really matter to anybody? And I think at times, really, the, the better question to ask is that: Does anybody actually really matter to me? Because that that really is probably the, the, the key to some of this loneliness that we that, that we experience. Is so that in the end, maybe really nobody really matters to us? So I, I hear folks, you know, I don't have time. Um, you know, some of you are small business owners. Some of you work. Some of you are students. Um, And have you noticed, no matter how little you have to do, or responsibilities you have, or how much you have, you never have enough time to do what you want to do, right? And so I hear people say, I I don't have time. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Now, what what I'm really referring to is really uh, investing in people that, that are the most important to you, your family, and your closest friends. Because see, if if we don't nurture and value and and, and maintain those uh, friendships, excuse me, relationships that are most important to us, you, you lose the thing that is most important to you. Now I have to, I have to tell you, I've had some limited amount of financial success in work, and I've been fortunate; things have worked out well. Um, and you know, you you can buy stuff. You know, you you know, and it, you get the Bose stereo, you get a car, you do your furniture. You know, you actually. You know buy something new it you don 't get it from Salvation army or something and call it vintage. you know you actually um, i mean you get cool stuff, you buy new things, and it, it in those moments of alone loneliness, um, it almost mocks you you almost hear it mock you and, and I can tell you that no matter how many brown suede shoes you own eight that um, <laughs> Yeah, eight. That um, it, it doesn't replace someone who loves you. Don't get me wrong, it's close, but it doesn't really, it doesn't replace someone who loves you. You see, this is why I, I understand men, you know, being one, that um, that sometimes, uh, and this is true for men and women, sometimes it's just easier to go to work. Have you noticed than to deal with your family? <laughs> People are, don't shake your head if you're married and your wife's here, because then you're like, there's no end to that. But um, what do you mean I shaking your head? thought it was funny? <laughs> <clears throat> Marge Simpson apparently goes here. But uh, be- because, you see, at work, you sort of you sort of know what you're doing, right? In fact, you know what to do. You know how to measure what success is supposed to be, right? If you process the email, if you reply to all, if you... Attend the conference, you know, the meeting, jump on the conference call on time. If you keep the client happy, um, you know, you did the report, you showed up on time. You feel like you know what you're doing, but at home, with people that you love, and people that love you, you know, we we just don't know what to do sometimes. And so what ends up happening is that if you're like me, you're normal, you, you avoid the things that you're not comfortable with. I mean, that's normal, isn't it? Except, when it's family and friends and people that are in your soul, it shouldn't be a surprise when you feel the loss of them in your soul. Here's what's weird. We, uh, you know, People that love you will actually put up more of your crap than everybody else. Have you noticed? I mean, if you're a little bit sloppy at work, you're kind of flexible in your time arrival... Uh, if you're, you have a different view of accomplishment and execution and success and job completion than your boss does, you know, sooner or later they will release you to discover your full passion and dreams. Or, or if it's a Christian organization, you never get fired. You are released to discover God's will for your life. And... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> to discover the dreams that he's laid in your soul. Because it's not here. And we wish not to hold you back from those moments. And it's strange that, that uh, people that, that love you that that you know that uh, it's so strange with when you're a dad, even when you're not, your kids think you're the hero. You don't deserve it. You've earned. You didn't earn it. Granted, they don't know any better, right? They have nothing to compare it to in many cases. But like at two years old you're your kid you're the freaking hero in your kid's life, but at twenty two if that view changes, that's on you. It's not that your kids are smarter it's that they figured you out and, and yet uh, some of us will be surprised if you hit that moment, which when we we spoke in earlier conversations about wisdom wisdom wasn't just just the accumulation of facts right It's been able to connect the dots between what happens what actions I take the, and the end result or even looking backwards if I'm experiencing something that I really don't enjoy how did I get here and also we ought to be able to experience excuse me figure out how we do what we do well how did I how am I achieving this how am I doing this that's working out well for me I ought to be able to know because if you don't know then you'll just hit it by accident so Time is everybody else's, you know, it's everybody's problem. This, is, this doesn't just affect busy people. It affects everybody. You can be, a, like I mentioned, a small business owner, a C-level executive, a pastor, a, a school teacher, a student, whatever it might be. And if you are a person that says, I just don't have time sometimes for those people that matter to me, well, then be honest with yourself. You, you, you really don't have the time because you don't want to spend the time with those people. Um. Uh, because I know, and I'm convinced, and if you're honest with yourselves, I think you'll, you'll say, yeah, you know, you're right. When you're broke, or you're tired, or whatever it might be, you always have the time, and you always have the energy, and you always have the money for what you really want to do. You know, have you, have you been that guy where somebody says, hey, bro, hey, can you hit me up for $10? I just need 10 bucks for tonight. And you go, Dude, I'm sorry. I'm, I got, you know, goose egg, rabbit ears, whatever you want. I'm broke. I can't do it. Someone else called you up and said, dude, we're going to go downtown. We're going to go to Club Nokia. What's the cover? 45 bucks. I got it. I'll get yours. Right? We'll go to the brewery afterwards. And I'm buying. You know, all of a sudden, you're, you know, you, you do, you know, you, you have the time and money. Even when I was dead freaking broke, I always had money for a book. If I wanted to get the book, I would just steal it. But I always had the, I always, here's five bucks. And you know, I always have i uh, I'd always have the time for money for a book and that's how it is for all of you I mean and so part of that is just owning up to your values if you don't value the thing you're just not going to spend time with it period that's just how life works it doesn't matter if you're a believer or not a believer that's that's just really how it works so it's not work it's not business it's not a matter of, of a loss of time or a little time it's really a matter of what we want to spend our time on but I, I will I will suggest to you that Solomon did us a huge favor. Those of you who are young, you're starting to make adult decisions that matter. That he's done you the favor of explaining to you that so, that if you choose to place a primary value on things other than your family and friends, do not be surprised when you seem to be enveloped in a sense of loneliness over and over again. I mean, you might have friendships, you might have you know, you might even con somebody into marrying you, you know. Um, um but sooner or later. You know, you know, that you really don't matter to other people. And no one really, really matters to you. And it, it's, a, it's a sense of meaningless and purposelessness to live a life alone. And, and uh, this is not, um, well, yeah. I think we are fooled into thinking that somehow you're more powerful when you uh, when you don't need people, that you have achieved some level of strength in your life, that you don't need people. Uh, I was invited to uh, to share at a at a community, um, not far from here. Felt like it was a different world, South Bay. But uh, and you know, people there are very cool. You know, they uh, they feed you. You know, they welcome you and. How are you? And you know, they take interest in your life. And they laugh at your stupid jokes. Like you guys stopped laughing at mine years and years ago. <laughs> I feel like this is my marriage going on right here. And uh, what happened is that... Uh, by the way, side note. You know what's stupid? Have you noticed when you, when you are going on Facebook and you're, you, have, you do that crippling, needy, you know, high school broken up girlfriend thing of checking the number of friends. And if, if there's like one less, you, you wonder... What, what did I do wrong? Why don't you love me anymore? What do I have to? How many more photos of my food do I have to post? What do I have to do to be interesting and compelling to you? <laughs> how many more photos of my worthless poodle do I have to put up there? And, um, so I'm, I'm driving to this driving to this place, and I, I didn't want to be that guy that says, "Do you mind coming along with me? I just, you know, just want company." You know, I figured, soy hombre, you know, obvious, and uh, all 85 pounds of me, and so I thought I would, um, but, but by the way, it's all killer, no filler, and so I thought I, w- I, would, I would, you know, be a man, man up, drive to this place alone, and do my thing, and I just was overwhelmed with this sense of loneliness that, I thought, you know, it was almost crippling, and so I did the, you know, for fear of actually hearing a human voice, I actually sent a text message to 10 friends. I, I, you know, I, I, listen, I, if you could pray for me right now, I'm just, I'm at this place, you know, this is not a reaction or judgment. And then people responded, I'm so sorry, I should have gone with you. I said, I, now you feel embarrassed for admitting that, you know, and, and why is it that we feel weak when we admit that we need people? Strange, isn't it? That, that, is not, that is not really from the scripture. Now, I'm not talking about a, a crippling, weird, needy, you know, someone love me. But I'm talking about being part of a community of recognizing that, that you're actually better when people speak into your life. You're actually smarter. You dream bigger. You're healthier when people matter to you and you matter to others. Um, how many of you have those those friends that that you're a you're a better person when you're around them? See, if you're having a trouble thinking about that, that's a problem. <laughs> how many of you have those friends that you are the worst you around them? You know, you're a little cattier, you're a little dirtier, um, you're a little more drunk, you are um, you're a little more in debt. Um, it just that person seems to bring out the worst in you. Okay. You, by the way, the, re, the reverse is also possible, where you you have a friend or you know somebody that, but when you spend time with that individual, you, you just feel like you want to be a better person, even if you're not. Or they're the kind of person like like Barnabas would have been in the Book of Acts that they just see the best in you. They refuse to believe the worst about you. That even if you self-identify as X, Y, or Z, that's yeah, you know what, I just I don't see that in you. Here's what I see in you. And and they see what's what's right about your life or what's good about your life. Or perhaps in just spending time with them and hanging out with them, movie, food, doing nothing, you walk away encouraged, thinking, oh, you know, maybe my life can be less goofy. Maybe, Maybe I can go to school. Maybe I can start that band and have a career in music. Maybe I can be that person. You know, all of a sudden, you walk out different and better. I have a close friend. Some of you might know him, um, Gonzo. That uh, we we met at um, <clears throat> Starbucks. Oddly enough, not too odd. And when that guy walked in, I remember thinking, cop or ex-military or both. Desperate need of friends, so though. I, I remember thinking. Uh, and uh, we started talking, and and we you know we got along. We hit it off, and. And I remember the, the, uh, the first couple of cards on my birthday and, and on Father's Day that he sent to me. And I have to tell you how meaningful it was to me. That, that somebody uh, loved me that wasn't, you know, wasn't family, so they kind of had to. Because I, I also loved him. I mean, it's, it's one of those friendships that, that, that I get it. You know, it's, it's deeper than a brother. It's thicker than, than blood in a way. And I know I'm a better man with Gonzo in my life. I, I think clearer. I, 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 it just makes more sense. Now, but we don't talk every day. Hey, how are you doing? What are you doing? We don't text every day. But it's just we just it's that friendship. And see, and some of you may not have that. I'm going to suggest part of that may be your responsibility to to think. How have I looked at people? How have they measured people? And by the way, you know, first of all, here's the problem. Especially those of you who are beautiful. I mean, I know how this is. Especially those of you who are talented, or you sort of have talent, or you're charming, or whatever it might be. The problem, or your besetting sin, or your tendency, the temptation would be to only look at people as a way to get your goals accomplished. And so you reduce them to a commodity. And if they can't serve as a commodity, then they serve as a consumption. Here's what I mean. Um, if, if if, If being friends with you doesn't help me get my project done or my thing accomplished, and there's nothing I think you have for me, we're done. If you can't help me, but I think there's something there I want from you anyways, I'll consume it. Could be emotional, could be sexual, could be financial. And as soon as you're as soon as you have no longer anything to give me, we're done. And for some of us, you've been that person that, you know, you know you've been sucked dry of your resources and then you're tossed aside. It could be you know, could have been at school, could have been at work, but you know, you know what I'm speaking about. It's happened to you, or you've been that person. Solomon was the guy who could have done anything he wanted when he wanted. There wasn't a limit on his resources. There wasn't somebody over him managing his time. He had um, certainly more than enough women. Uh, you know, not a drunk, probably a connoisseur of good wine. Okay, gourmet as far as food. He built parks, he built buildings, he invested in art, he had music in his life. I mean, he, there wasn't anything that he hadn't checked out to feel a sense of purpose and meaning, and yet, at the end of the day, he really didn't really matter to anybody. I mean, not truly cared about him. Sometimes you, sometimes we're, we're, we're in places where you have friendships that, um, you know, people are only friends with you, you feel, because they want to sort of like be in the in circle or something, If you look at verses 9, I'm sorry, 10 through, um, 9 through 11 for a minute. um, Having a person or community of of persons that that matter to you, um, so incredibly valuable. So incredibly valuable. Now here's what's funny to me, um, is that I know, if, if you're not maybe a, quote, a religious person, or a spiritual person, you're going to talk about this time alone that you think you need, desperately need, as like self-care. You follow? You have time for self-care, time to get away from people so that I can take care of me. Now, if you're a Christian, you call it devotionals, time with Jesus. Now, I'm not mocking that. I mean, obviously, there's a tone. I mean, it's a little bit sarcastic. I get that. <clears throat> I'm not totally self-aware, you know. Um, but but when you read the biographies of Jesus, when you read the Gospels, and then you read the, 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 the letters of these messengers of his, his apostles, honestly, there seems to be so little that says, be alone with God. Just you and him. Just your personal relationship with Jesus. There's so little t- teaching on being alone as much as there's, Teaching on getting along. Now, look, I, I, I'm not, you know, making a. No, I am. I, I, I don't want to disparage completely this, this thing about self care and alone time and devotional life. I get that. But I wonder if sometimes if we're not just, you know, experiencing a kind of a very selfish spirituality. And we don't really advance and create positive momentum in relationships. We feel so still, maybe drowning in our aloneness. And, and, and I wonder if, if maybe it's, it's because we really are not really invested in people anyways. I've heard uh, one person, um, they sent the email, a uh, you know, beautiful young woman. Oh, I'm just worried about hurt, hurting people. I don't want people to love me. Like, wow. You know, uh, talk about arrogance. But nonetheless, like, you know, here's one problem. Uh, that. But it was real. You know, it was, it was a really heartfelt sort of thing. And I pointed out to maybe what the issue is, is that you're actually more afraid of being hurt. I mean, let's be honest. And and that's okay. I mean, I, I get that. Who hasn't been? Right? You, you, you invested in somebody. You, you gave them your heart. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was a boyfriend. Maybe it was a girlfriend. And uh, then they... Trashed all over it, and you figure, I'm not doing that again. I get that. Why would you do that again? But, but isn't that where God is driving us towards? To relationships? It, it, how, how much of the scriptures do you do alone? I mean, think about this. In, 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 in all of the teachings of the scripture, you know what the constant theme is? I mean, what colors all of it? Relationships. You can't get away from it. The first one between you and God is in with you and humanity. Now, I know that sounds big and vague, so let put, let's say you and your parents. Let's start with that. Um, and I know, listen, I'm being a parent... I mean, I know sometimes we totally goofed it up. I mean, I saw Lilia make mistake after mistake after mistake. <laughs> Don't worry, Miko. Mama still loves you. She's a bad mama, I know. <laughs> 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 oh, she's <laughs> By the way, for those of you who think he is a real turd, I can't believe he's doing that about us. She, my wife is here, she's, she listens to this, she's rolling her eyes even now, thinking <laughs> she's mouthing the punchline as I say it because she's heard, she's heard this set a million times. That's why I never stayed at a church more than two years, <laughs> run out of jokes. Next month I'm gone. Um, yeah, I, I know some of you moved away physically and others of you have put emotional distance between you and your folks because it just was too painful I get that did that myself with my dad um, brothers and sisters some of you aren't speaking terms or it's that it's that um, it's like a, you know the former Soviet US relationships there's like a truce sort of thing you, know, you have your weapons they have theirs and if they fire you'll fire yours right and you'll go to that place you know that that they're real sensitive about their skin, their weight, the thing they did in high school. Um, then there's people that we work with, people that we are subordinate to, our subordinates. And we just have everybody at arm's length. Well, yeah, I'll say it. You know why churches blow? Go ahead and say it. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> that's exa- Give this guy a round of applause because he nailed it. That's exactly right. Wow, well, that's perfect. That was picture perfect. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's because of people. But that's why families blow. That's why marriages are tough. That's why having a boyfriend is, is weird. It's, it's a person. That's why a girlfriend is sometimes, you know, it, it's a person. And, and we're all goofy. And when I say we all, I mean, you know, you. Um, <laughs> primarily. Because I have the mic. Um, <laughs> so thanks for catching <clears> that. And so it's hard. And it's painful. And who wants to admit that I actually need anybody? Anybody? I'll be real honest with you for just a moment. And by the way, when I say that, I know how stupid that sounds. Like I wasn't honest before, but I, you have no idea how I appreciate when someone finally sends a kind email or a kind card. I, I've kept them because there are those moments where, you know, it all seems to be wrong. Like, did I do anything right? I go back to read a card. Oh, God still loves me. <laughs> And he's the only one. But nonetheless, uh, or, or how much it, it is uh, life-giving to have one of my kids you know, just drop a text or a call. It, and part of me wants to not be that guy that needs that. And then I think, what is it about me or us that thinks that it is a sign of weakness or a defect to admit that I desperately need my family to love me? I, you know, right? That sounds almost weird to admit. I think some of you are hearing it. You're kind of like cringing inside. Because you don't want to be that person. So who do you want to be then? The person that's not touched? Doesn't care about folks? Doesn't need their love? Doesn't want to give their love? You want to die alone? See, I, when, I, when I read this in Solomon... I, I, the thing that I, I feel when I read this is that this guy wasn't a preparing a talk. He, he, this is where he was living. And when I look at these the, the passages here in verses, um, what is it, nine through twelve? It, it, it's what's meaningful about that is, it is is having that friend, that spouse, a son, the person in the community <clears throat> that refuses to leave you where you fall. Because the trick in life is not avoiding mistakes. You're going to do them. You're going to screw up so often, it'll be shocking. You'll, you'll wonder how you could have been so blind, so dumb, so frequently, so with such intensity and passion. And you'll fall. You'll fall emotionally. You'll fall sexually. You'll fall financially. You'll fall. You'll fall. The, the trick is not to avoid that. Well, that is it to avoid that. Like, you know, but it's going to happen. The trick is to have a friend that refuses to leave you there to believe the worst of you like this moment defines you forever the one who says to you in the midst of all your shame I am so incredibly for you I love you and I'll jump in with you to help you get out of this Solomon didn't have that and some of you don't either and um, I I can only well not can only I, I plead with you I encourage you to stop and want to stop and make an assessment here—is it, is it everybody else? I mean, if that's the story of your life, is it really everybody who's all, who's always failed you, or is it maybe there's a part that that there's needs to be a, maybe a moment of courage and faith, and and maybe even admitting, you know, having that you know that weird emotional naked moment that I, I really do need someone that I matter to. But the first thing, the first thing that has to happen is you need someone that matters to you. Then go to verse four for just a moment. How many of you uh, have a movie or a story <clears throat> where the protagonist, you, you have information as the reader, the viewer, that the, that the character doesn't have, and you know that when they make this, if if they make a certain choice, they they've sealed their fate; they're going to die. They're going to lose the money. They're going to screw up, right? It's not going to be a happy ending. You know, it's one of those indie films, or it's from France, and you know, you have to read it. Filmed in smell-o-vision and so um, that wasn't stupid, by the way. <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> I had to get one France joke in. When I read that verse, uh, because you know you're kind of re-reading it, you know, a little more freshly. I mean, I remember reading this book, I don't know, back in the 80s. I figured, okay, I read it once, I was done with it, and and re-reading it freshly, I read verse four, and, and all of a sudden I realized that Solomon had sealed his fate at that point, because all he looked at people is that everybody is just in it for themselves. The only motivating component to humanity is me. Now, can you imagine that being your view of everybody? There's nobody that cares for anybody outside of themselves. There's never a mom somewhere that's willing to die for a kid. There's never a friend who's willing to give them their last dollar to help somebody else out. There aren't people who, you know, Christian, not Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, it doesn't matter, that, that, that give their lives for the sake of others. There's nobody anywhere So you know, once Solomon got to this moment of of that, that was his view of humanity, he had he had signed, he had made a deal with the devil, he had signed it in his own blood. I am going to live a completely, utterly, desperately grueling life of loneliness. See, unfortunately, some of you actually begin to buy this. You think verse four is kind of true. And that probably speaks more to the integrity or lack of integrity in your own soul than it does about others. See, because I know that people who, who tend to be uh, lustful and sensual, they, they just see everybody else that way too. Ten, people who are, tend to be dishonest, they think everybody else is dishonest. And so when I, when I know that people view, when I understand that someone views humanity this way, I, I get who they are. Yeah, Solomon really did us a favor. I mean, this was a... Um, this is a... Uh, the, what's tough about this book is because it really does, you know, forces out the junk and brings it into the light a little bit. I, I really... You know, actually, I think this way. I, didn't, I, I thought I was the only one. And as we pointed out earlier, what, what makes this... Uh, uh, what seems to be ironic to us is that this is not a man who disbelieves in God. He's just disconnected from him. I, I don't know what makes it worse. I don't know... I, I, think, it, I think it is worse this way to be a, a man or a woman who was once dialed in connected to God is chosen to unplug and try to live their life with meaning having once experienced meaning in closing I, I, I think that the two or three questions I'm going to ask for you to ask yourself is You know, are, are you alone? Wh- whose fault is that? Who who are you committed to that even if they never change, you just refuse to believe the worst in their lives? And who do you matter to? That if you were to fall, I mean a good one <laughs> publicly, you know, Facebooked, in the papers, you know, <laughs> that they'd still be your friend. You could be completely weak in front of them and they would still love you. If, if Solomon has done us a favor, it's that he's, he's shown us that verse 4 is the key to his ruin. And, and so the flip side is to see people stamped with the image of God. Some of it is marred, I know. Some of it is a little, little goofy. Still worth incredible value. Still a work of art. And if you're that man or woman who, you know, you're, 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 you're wondering if this is true. You're hoping there's a God. You're hoping against hope this is true. And, and you're wondering about making a focused commitment to follow Jesus Christ. I, I, here's my suggestion. Uh, like Nike, just do it. Listen, most of us in this room, well, okay, everybody in this room. They're, they're probably, sooner or later, if you get to know us, we'll screw up. We'll let you down. You know, we will. Guaranteed. What? what, I, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm convinced of. I, I've heard people uh, uh, upset with church. I get that. You know, we said it a moment ago, why is it screwy? Because of people. I, I've heard people, you know, I didn't like the way this church treated me. I, I get all that. I truly do. I Honestly, I've been in church most of my life. You know, all 28 years. I've been in church. Uh, and and uh, I, I know where the bodies are buried. It's not like I don't get it. Now I'm part of the system. It's like, so I totally get it. But I've never heard somebody say, "Why oh, that Jesus thing didn't work out for me? Not Jesus. He was just you know, He wasn't there when I needed him. I've never heard anybody say that That's actually experienced him. You will not be disappointed. He's not goofy. He won't get tired of you. He won't use you. You don't disappoint him. There's never a time when he says, "You know what? Stop calling, I'm done with you. He'll never betray you. He takes you seriously. He's so incredibly for you. So I encourage you. If this is maybe a, something you, you, you want to take that step, you can do a couple of things. You know, hopefully, most of you got a guest card when you walked in here. You know, you, you, you want to maybe, yeah, I want to have that conversation. I'm not sure if I'm ready to have it one on one. I get that. You know, you put there's a place to check that off and make a note. And you know, we'll talk. Maybe offline we'll talk. But but I'm gonna be right here where this guy Michael is seated. And where's Corey? Hey, there you are. Corey's in the back, the guy with the cool beard. You know, listen. Let us just have a a, a a few minutes of conversation, and 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 you don't have to buy the whole boat. Maybe you're not ready to jump in today. Get that. Let, let, let maybe we can help you ask the right questions about this journey. If you are interested in, in this spiritual journey, but you look, like, man, I don't know. Don't want anyone to get weird in my life. Don't want to get anyone close to anybody. Okay, cool. On the back table, there are free Bibles. Take one. There's no cost to you. No one's gonna. No one's. You know. There's no hidden camera to see who you are. We don't know your email. You can just take one and read the literature. It's it's free. It's it, because we have confidence that the Spirit of God speaks to you through His words, and you can experience that yourself. Okay. Okay. Let's let's close in prayer and we'll dismiss. Father, I, I, I thank you that you have not left us alone in our loneliness, that you have not abandoned us to our, to our lives, to our own mess and darkness. So what I pray is for those of us who perhaps feel that loneliness it seems to be constant. It's, just, it's not a thing that we uh, are familiar with occasionally. This just seems to be the, the theme of our lives. What I pray for that man and for that woman that they would experience the liberty of knowing you and being set free to experience you. Um, Help us not to be those folks, Father, that that just practice a very selfish spirituality of of wanting to spend time just with you, forgetting that everything in the scripture is relational, forgetting that, that, that you have built us in a way and created the community of your body in a way That we achieve our maximum health and our optimal strength with others, not alone. I pray for folks who are uh, processing wherever they're at in their spiritual journey of of making that step to make a commitment to you, to connect to you through your Son Jesus Christ, that if it's not now, that this will be another link in the chain of events for them to experience a a Jesus reality in their lives. So thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for loving us. your Son's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this production by Mosaic Whittier, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org.